Welcome in to a brand new, very special Jock Market Power Hour for this week's WM Phoenix Omen. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, 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 Joe. We are in for one this week, bud. The place is buzzing. Elevated Power Hour tonight. You're on site. I'm still at home, but the market's open, baby. The market is open. Uh, we will get into all of that. We're playing stock market DFS. There, the big announcement was that Jock Market is now offering pick'em games. So, like things are booming everywhere, Joe. So let's just get this out of the way. To get your deposit bonus, it's power. There's a link in the description. Get you the best uh, available bonus, whether you want to play on the pick'em side of things or whether you want to get into the stock market DFS. But, uh, dude, I was over there all day long, and it, they they're ready on a Wednesday. They're ready. I can't believe the amount of people that were there on a Wednesday. Um, I can't imagine being there and having a set basically on the back of the driving range. So uh, must be a pretty cool experience. Can't wait for this thing to to tee off tomorrow. Looks like we, we might have some some wind in store, so which always makes things interesting for the jock market. But what is it? 22 of the 24 best players in the world are at this event. Like the field strength is insane as if they needed anything more to uh, electrify this event any more than it already is. I can't wait, man. It feels like we've been waiting a long time for an event like this on the PGA tour schedule. I just hope it lives up to the hype. Yeah. I mean, every time you snap your neck around, there's another elite golfer walking around in a, I mean, it's, it's crazy the field they were able to get when, when we put that type of field together, um, you know, I was kind of joking before we went hot that John Rahm's probably going to be the most expensive golfer we've ever seen tonight. But I, I, I don't know if I actually believe that just because there are so many amazing options. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been up there in price. I think we got to twelve sixty six at the Farmers, which was a record, yeah. uh, I believe, a record. And then he was actually able to return you a profit at a record high stock price. Um, the guy is on another level. He's back in Arizona. We'll talk more about him later, but uh, it should be fun to see how it kind of shakes out because now he has Rory, right? So it's not just Rom and everybody else. It's kind of going to see. We'll see how that battle plays out. And, and it's an ultimate test, I think, of where the, the public perception is on these two players, because one we've seen here, one's kind of been overseas yeah. and doing his thing elsewhere. We haven't seen a whole lot, uh, but is still, of course, the number one player in the world. So I'm interested to see how those two, uh, their prices pan out over the next 40 minutes here. It feels even here. It feels like it's Rory and Rom versus the field. That's that's kind of what you're hearing from everybody who's around and the people in the media center and all that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, excited to see how that breaks down. If you if you're new, so so we mentioned Jog Market has the Pick'em games now. That's new, but the the core game is the Stock Market DFS. And I want to show um, I want to show Pebble Beach Joe because this kind of illustrates what we're talking about here. And uh, Rosie, who's been who's been very good to you, sold last Wednesday night at 635 per share he got the full 25 dollars per share payout so you made 18 bucks a share on justin rose but if you didn't have rose that's fine brendan todd went for six dollars and five cents last week paid out twenty dollars a share brandon Wu threw 375 to 18 dollars, and even denny mccarthy 620 to 16 bucks so lots of ways that you could turn a profit here from some guys that aren't even winning the golf tournament yeah, absolutely. If you're new to this, like every player is going to have a price that they IPO for, which um, corresponds to a finishing position. So um, to illustrate, like last week, first of all, your boy's red hot, Rick. Fourth straight market returning an you ROI. Right. I don't know if you still have the names up there, but I had Justin Rose shares. But I also like just to illustrate how unique jock market is. 
I had shares of David Lingmurth, who mm-hmm. finished in fifty a T58 last week, who returned me a profit on those shares with a T58 finish. So it's all about the expectation, where that break-even point is. For each player has their sort of own built-in market within that player um, and a point where they're going to be profitable or they're going to run you at a loss. You also had Seamus Power, who turned you a 17% yeah. ROI, despite uh, I watched him three putt from four and a half feet, which cost him a bunch, but uh, still was able to return you a profit there. That data that I showed, that's on my website. It's rickrungood.com. It's free. You can download it. You can go and check it out. But um, it, it really is kind of a game like like no other, and we see it uh, you know, seemingly every, I thought we were going to get it last week uh, to, to Justin Rose's credit. He staved off the usual Sunday collapse with the multiple shot lead that we have been seeing. So um, kudos to him, but that it, it just kind of illustrates that whether it was Rose or whether it was one of the chasers or whether you've had Sam Ryder in recent weeks at, you know, at Torrey Pines, like it's not just win or bust like a lot of other formats are. Exactly. Um, and I think one of the other things is it's nice about it is it's it's user to user, right? It's an open market. Everyone who's right now in here in the comments, we're all in there together competing against each other equally, whether you're playing with a thousand dollars or whether you're playing with the hundred dollars, you know, hopefully you use the deposit bonus and got it up to 200, but it's all equal. And you're not, you don't feel like you're playing against like big business. Like you see the rake and some other contests that kicks in 1% is what jock market takes out of all this, which is nothing. It's one penny out of every dollar you put in the market. Everything else is just you versus the price of that player, which is really fun and really unique. And I think uh, is is what kind of makes this so cool. Let's turn our attention to bullish or bearish, a segment that we do where we pick four different golfers and we set, decide, that's right, whether we are bullish or bearish. Let's just start at the top, Joe. It's uh, John Rahm. We are potentially headed towards the most expensive or one of the most expensive versions of ROM that we've ever seen. Um, I, I don't know if we want to set a fair value on him. It's probably going to ask him to finish inside the top 10, whatever that fair value is, something like 8th, ninth, or 10th or better. Uh, where do you stand, bullish or bearish, on John Rom? Yeah, bullish on the current uh, fair value price, of course, is 70 76 which he's easily going to clear. I'm sure he already has. Um, I would take probably John Rahm all the way up to, to $10 per share, which is going to ask break even point at 12th or better. Um, I think he's set up great. I think that uh, some things just didn't go his way on Sunday at the Farmers, but that's okay. I'm kind of glad he got that out of the way. He still is finishing almost near the top in every event that he plays. He's familiar with the course. He's familiar with this region, um, and, and everything is really set up nicely for him, I think, to to potentially eclipse um, Rory as world number one this week if he can come out here and win. Yeah, I think I'm uh, slightly bullish as well. It's going to come down to the price. You're right. He is already over his fair value. He's already $9 a share right now. I'll just I'll just tell you that. He's the number one pre-ranked golfer, so he is going to break all ties. Obviously, that goes a long way, especially in a field like this. There is a lot of data, and there are some arguments to be made that he is not even playing the best golf of his career right now, which is crazy because he's stacking up he's stacking up trophies. So I, I, I actually do think there is – just a little bit more juice to squeeze out of this. And he's going to probably outside of Torrey Pines, uh, probably the best spot for him on tour. So it'll, it'll be a little bit price dependent, but I definitely skew more bullish than I do bearish on John Rahm. Yep. The next one uh, is Justin Thomas. So JT has the 10th, 
pre-ranked tonight. He has not moved off a dollar per share, at least as of my last refresh. The fair value on him is $6.22. So that's going to ask him to finish about 26th or better. I imagine we creep up a little bit more than that, but we haven't seen much movement on JT early in this market. Are you bullish or bearish on JT? Okay, so the prices are a little bit off in terms of fair value. I think that he's within the top 10 players in terms of IPO. He's probably going to be somewhere in the mid $8 range or low $8 range. At that point, I'm bearish, Rick. Um, it, it, so there's two sides to this coin. One, he's just not playing that well. And I know that if you look at the strokes gain numbers at this course in particular, and I did kind of a deep dive into Justin Thomas this week. Um, over the last five years, I believe he leads everyone in the field. That said... Coming into, I, I looked at the numbers basically in the six events leading up to the Waste Management Open the last four years where he's had really good finishes. He was striking it great. He was averaging like over four strokes on approach in those events leading up. He was averaging six and a half strokes tee to green in those events leading up. He's actually losing strokes on approach in his last six events. We know the putter can be a little bit volatile. Um, so I'm in general bearish on Justin Thomas. That said, the flip side of the coin is this may be your chance to sort of buy low on him because so many people are looking at the numbers and looking at the data. Um, and it's telling them that he may be a little bit off. We know the elite skill set and upside of a player of his caliber. Uh, so there's, I can see both sides. But for the sake of the, this uh, segment, I'll do bearish. Yeah, I believe I'm also bearish. There's kind of two sides to the coin to this. There's the statistical side and then kind of like the narrative side of things or the anecdote the anecdote side. So statistically, you you already nailed it, right? The 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 best part of Justin Thomas's game has always been his approach play. It is what I would describe as elite in the world. He's one of the best in the world at it. That has not been there. And it's not been there for a long time. Plus, you throw in the concerns with the putter, and it's a little bit too much in a field like this. Uh, the other thing is, I'll tell you what, Joe, he was grinding on the range late tonight, and I'm not sure he was looking like he found any answers. Uh, didn't seem to be too thrilled. That's obviously my – I don't like the driving range analysis because I don't know what's going through his head or what, but that that is – it was a grind out there and he had his dad and bones and they were working on stuff and I'm not sure they got the answers they were looking for. That's awesome insight. You can only get here on power hour from on-site stuff, but, but you're right. Like the numbers actually bear that out, particularly off the tee. Um, I was diving into because I looked at a, a lot of this trouble, particularly down the stretch when your scoring opportunities are at TPC Scottsdale comes along the left side of the hole. So off the left of the fairway is basically where that water creeps into the play on the entire back nine. I was trying to look into stats and see where are guys missing, right? There's usually a predominant side. Do they miss right? Are they a fader? Are they a drawer? Do they predominantly miss to the left? Justin Thomas is that unique guy where he's missing. He's got a two-way miss going on right now. Um, I, he was like 120th in, in miss left and 119th in miss right. Um, that's not good in any player's head, so I can totally understand why he's sort of grinding on the rage and just trying to find a swing right now, probably both with the irons and with the driver off the tee. Those concerns are, are a little too much for me to be real bullish on a guy like that tonight. Hideki Matsuyama is up next. He's already through his fair value. He's $6.75 at the moment. That's already going to ask him to finish about 23rd or better. Let's bump him up a little bit. Maybe call it 15th or better. Bullish or bearish on Hideki for this week? 
This is going to be an interesting one. I like Hideki in terms of an outright bet. I saw that um, I, I exactly what I was looking for in the final round of the Farmers. Um, he was able to sort of get things clicking around the green. He was able to finally get the putter rolling, um, and he was able to finally gain some strokes off the tee. Now, it was a half a stroke, but at least he's not hemorrhaging strokes off the tee with the driver. I think that he's going to get so much course history love this week Plus, you factor in that he made a run at the Farmers in that final round that he probably gets priced beyond the point that I'm willing to pay for him. So therefore, I'll say bearish. Yeah, it, it is a little trappy. It feels a little trappy. I might I might be more willing to, to step into that trap. Um, you know, I, I just really this is kind of a unique golf course statistically where it asks you to be super strong from T to green. Uh, it, it just it, across the board from T to green, it asks you to be super strong. And I've seen enough from Hideki lately. Plus the, the course history, obviously there's a price where I would stop being bullish, but I think I'm certainly more bullish on him than, than you are at the moment. And uh, that's pretty rare. Cause I'm not usually a Hideki buyer. Mm -hmm. Lastly, Sahith kind of burst on the scene here. Yeah. You know, last year, right? This is the event where he was the gazelle and every elite uh, lion in the field was trying to chase him down on Sunday. They caught him and uh, Sahith ends up finishing third or fourth or whatever it was. Didn't didn't get himself into the into the playoff. So uh, when you look at his chances for this year, uh, he's currently the 20. He's the 21st pre-ranked golfer. He's already over six dollars a share. Are you bullish or bearish tonight on Sahith? A very similar situation to um, the reasoning I gave with Hideki. I actually like Sahith in this event. I think it's the perfect event for him. That said, I think the public perception also understands that they're going to look at the course history um, and they're going to think play Sahith here. Now, there's good reason to. I mentioned uh, having the miss to the right and being a fader. That's his miss. That's why he was OK here taking driver everywhere and, and hoping that he just doesn't get a terrible lie in the desert. Um, awesome performance at the farmers, which was, I feel like in besides the travelers in this event last year, like he's been able to do it in some big time fields. It's not like it's, you're just seeing it at the Fortinet and at the RSM. You're also seeing it in some big fields. He's an interesting case study because when you look at his sort of graph, there's highs and there's very lows. There's a lot of missed cuts, but then there's a lot of like $18 payout. So ultimately it's right. going to come down to your sort of risk tolerance and how aggressive you want to be in the market tonight. For the sake of this segment, I'll again, for the same reasoning as Hideki, say bearish. It's interesting. Um, I'm so glad you mentioned the volatility because I think that's what makes me bullish on him. I think generally when I'm creating portfolios, I like that, right? I don't mind taking on the risk for the reward. And we saw him play well at the RSM Classic. We saw him play well at the Farmers Insurance Open. I know that these are months apart, but the the T degree numbers are getting there. The approach play was was great at the Farmers. That was only three measured rounds. I think he gained over six strokes on approach. I will, because I like that style of golf, say I'm bullish on Scythe, but I know that that's not for everybody, Joe. Yep. He's fun, man. If anything else, you're, it's, you're, he's going to give you a fun sweat. There's going to be highs and lows for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So here's where we're at. Uh, by my clock, it is, and I got to do this, I'm in a different time zone. It is 8.31 p.m. Eastern time. This yeah. market is open for about another 29 minutes or so. If you're just tuning in, 
and you want to join in, this is stock market DFS. You can bid on shares of golfers. If you're one of the high bidders at nine o'clock, those shares are allocated to you. And then you can trade live like normal. And as we learned, uh, we learned this last week, Joe, the, 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 IP, the, uh, the paid contest where you just pay, Hey, if you want to just put 50 bucks in and play in a paid contest, those are IPO only. I think we saw in the chat, John Rom six dollars and seventy six cents or six point seven six coins. So he's pretty good value in the uh, paid yeah. contest as well. Yeah, it's not a it's not the worst idea if you just want to throw all your chips on old John Rom in there. I know you got to spread it out a little bit, but um, seems like a great buy. And, and those are nice because you can get in those before and early, and then join us for Power Hour and take part in the open market that goes now uh, up until nine. All right, so let me unveil the big board here. This is the live pricing that we'll kind of talk through here for the vast majority of the evening. And there is absolutely zero surprise that John Rahm and Rory McIlroy are the two most expensive golfers. John Rahm, $9.16 a share. So um, the American Express, he was $10.50. The Farmers Insurance Open, he was $12.66. We're clearly bearing down on a double-digit number on John Rahm. Rory McIlroy, 9 bucks. the second pre-ranked golfer. Uh, if this is not the case, because this is not how jock market works show, but if I said you could only get shares of either John Rahm or Rory McElroy, who would you get shares of? Uh, for me, it's for sure. John Rahm. Okay. Okay. And is that, and that is, is, I'm assuming it's the course history because they've been pretty comparable in terms of recent form. Yeah, it's it's mostly event dependent. I think this is a much better course setup for John Rahm. I love his familiarity with desert golf. We don't see Rory play a whole lot here in his history. We don't see him play a whole lot in this sort of um, southwest region either. So I think the familiarity is a big boost for John Rahm. I think that if you... Um, if you look at this from like a head-to-head matchup perspective in a betting market, right? John Rahm is a heavy yeah. favorite in this matchup. So the bookmakers and the sharpest people on the planet are telling me that John Rahm is like minus 148 in this head-to-head against Rory. So they feel like there's a substantial gap in, in potential outcomes between these two players. I'm inclined to sort of trust their opinion because I agree on it also. So if these two are close in price, I would much rather have the shares on on Big John Rom. Very good way to look at that, right? Let the let Vegas, who has done all the kind of work and all the numbers, you know, they're they're saying John Rom's a favorite if you're trying to break a tie. That helps break a tie. The one of the big kind of subplots to all of this is what happens after those two? I, I told you, you know, being here, it feels like it's Rom and Rory versus the field. So let's talk about the field. Um, you know, some of the candidates to kind of finish third would be Xander Shoffley or Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa, even Tony Finau. I have one guy in mind who I believe will be and should be kind of in that third slot. But where would you go after the big two? So I have Xander and Scheffler rated pretty equal there, followed by Morikawa. I bet Xander this week, and him and Scheffler are both the same price. So I personally like Xander's chances a little bit better here. I feel like he's um, he's more consistent throughout all areas of his game right now than Scotty. Now, we have seen Scotty have a significant uptick, uh, basically tee to green. He's still struggling a little bit with the putter. But I think he was kind of struggling with the putter coming into this event last year. And all of a sudden that flipped. He was able to gain strokes putting and keep gaining strokes putting where he won like four events in the next month and a half. So would it surprise me if he was on a similar 
Um, lead-in form to what he did last year? No, but I would say Xander's that number three guy for me. Are you in the same boat or you got somebody I, else? I would give the nod to Scotty here. Okay. Um, uh, you know, the, you you nailed it. The T to green play is so good. It's absolutely elite. The putter is the only thing that has gone wrong. I find it so fascinating that this guy uh, has never defended a title on the PGA Tour. He's about to do it for the first time, and he's going to do it like four times in the next six weeks or whatever it is. It's yeah. just it's just craziness. But um, you know, even even before the win, I think it was a T seven the year prior. So this is a place that now we've got back to back years of Scotty finding success. At and I think it's pretty easy to say the T to Green game's still at the level, you know, the best it's ever been. If he can just just find me two strokes with the putter, right? Just find me two strokes with the putter this week, and I think Scotty uh, makes a lot of noise. Yeah, so I was kind of looking back at at some stuff last year. I'm interested in your sort of general opinion on this. Um, so Scotty like barely crept through the cut line last year. Yeah, he and made the cut by jumped, one shot. If I yeah, remember. he's done this a number of times. I believe he did it at the API too, where he's like a charger, where he has one yeah. really, really low round. Justin Thomas, I would put in this bill as well. You look at both of his wins, he was like a hundred to one that morning, and all of a sudden he charges, fires up the leaderboard. There are some players that I think have a little bit more consistency, like a Xander. Um, so I guess. If we're talking about IPO, I feel more comfortable sometimes with my dollars and someone who I know a level of consistency with, because I know that if you can catch, you know, Scotty eight to 10 strokes back on a Saturday morning or JT, like they're a guy that you might want to look into buying because, you know, they have a tendency to really fire up that leaderboard quickly. Yeah, the it's a, it's a great point. And the other thing to consider is this golf course generally gets more difficult as the week goes on, right? It yes. kind of bakes out a little bit. The sun, just, it just lays in there. There's usually very little wind, but I think we're going to get some this week. But it, it just gets harder. And I think the really elite guys, especially the really elite tee to green players, are able to catch a little bit of that magic on the weekend and separate themselves a little bit. So it, it is a valid point, especially if you're trying to deter – to determine how to spend your money here in IPO. So good stuff. Um, then you get like everybody else. And it is amazing because this field is so packed. I feel like I have not said Max Homa's name a lot this week. I feel like I've not said Tony Finau's name a lot or Sungjae. You know what I mean? It's just there's too many guys. But this is a format where – you're not asked to stop at six. You're not asked to stop at one in a one and done. You're not asked to build a betting card. You could, in theory, take the top 10 guys. I'm not sure that's the greatest strategy in the world, but like these guys are more accessible in this format, Joe. So where can we start allocating some bids now for some of these second or third tier guys? Yes, yeah, so you look at this field, right? And a lot of times um, I would change up my strategy a little bit in jock market for the major championships, right? I would lean more toward the top 10 guys in the field because it's ultimately who's able to propel themselves up the leaderboard more often than not in these bigger field events. You kind of got to treat waste management like almost a major championship type field at this point. Um, I You mentioned Max Homer, right? Yeah. I love Max. Um, I talked about Xander really being solid all the way around. Home is that guy as well. I think in general, there's almost like golf's weird where um, all other sports, right? There's such heavy recency bias, like in football, who if you won three weeks in a row, like you're going to you're going to get hot. You're going to vault up the power rankings. Everyone's in love <laughs> with you. 
golf's weird where it's kind of like anti-recency bias. Like if you were great at the farmers, you can't be great again the next week, right? So it's kind of just a weird train of thought, but he's done it steadily over the last two to three years. He's doing it in all facets of the game. The putting stroke is so good. The irons are clicking. Like the confidence is there. The winning, it's just all right in front of Max Homer right now. And if we, if there were like a top 25 ranking on the PGA tour, like we do in college basketball where, you know, Notre Dame beats Duke and all of a sudden they move up five spots the next week, Max Homa would be right near the top of every board. That's actually not a bad idea to like poll people to like yeah. figure out sentiment and like, yeah, just give us the top 25, like others receiving votes. Sahith, right? Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? That's pretty funny. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, Homo, listen, he, he played awesome in Maui T3 and then he went out and won the farmer's insurance open. He's been rocking and rolling here in 2023. Yeah. You, you look at, um, even further down here and we're starting to get into the pre-ranks of golfers, like, you know, 15 to 20, this is where I think you get the first, I, I hate to even say it's a drop off, but like, you, you know, the first drop off where you're getting Brian Harmon and Alex Norn, just based on their pre-rank, but Cam Young's back from Saudi Arabia, Sahith, we already talked about is in here, Taylor Montgomery and Denny McCarthy. Are there a name or two out of this range that you think are worth bidding on? Um, yeah, you, I, I, I do like Tom Kim this week, the one, and I'm interested on in your take on him because I have nothing on this guy right now. I'm, I just, every time I try to come up with either a positive or a negative opinion, I can't formulate something other than basically the group think out there. Cameron Young, like I just, yeah. I feel like I don't know what to do with him at these odds. When I look at the odds board and I see him there, I can't figure out if that's good value or not. I, I see the upside. I see the potential, but I also don't see the wins. Um, jock market. I'm sure he's been overall positive, but he's a very popular player. Everyone's been expecting this breakthrough performance and, you know, he was great at the Saudi, but I didn't really watch much of that. So I just, I just don't know in general on Cam Young. It's so funny. You know, I think that, um, if I just would have clipped his name out of that and played that to you, it could have been exactly what we said about Scotty Scheffler last year. <laughs> You're probably right, dude. Right? Where it's like getting close, but can he actually win? And I certainly do not mean that to say that Cam Young is going to win four of his next six, including the Masters. I I, I do not <laughs> believe that. But um, the good news for him is he has a few uh, – one really elite skill set, at uh, the driver, and he is very good – uh, from T to green, the, the short game worries me, right? There are, there are going to be a couple of spots around these greens where if you are not stout, you're going to be in trouble. So I worry that he's going to have to out hit kind of the short game per, per, portion of his game, but, um, I'm excited. Listen, I, I think, I think you talk about volatile golfers. He's one of the more volatile, right? I would not be super surprised to see him lose like two strokes around the green and struggle to a T42. And I wouldn't really see him surprised to, uh, you know, run in the top 10 and, and be in contention for the vast majority of the week. Yeah. You mentioned the off the tee, uh, as, as probably his, his biggest skill set. Where do you put this course in terms of like PGA Tour baseline average? Is it more important at TPC Scottsdale or maybe less? So the way that I ran it, I had it. I think I had off the tee. It was like 14th or 15th, which means there's you know 14 other courses in which uh, strokes gained off the tee is more important. So I would say it is like upper third in terms third. of 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 importance. Yeah, fair enough.
Um, the market is getting more mature. If you're trying to get involved, you've got about 17 minutes to go on the stock market game. So that's uh, using the code power, get your deposit bonus. There's also the pick'em aspect, which is coming to golf uh, in the next couple of weeks. You're doing the four major sports right now, but same thing, use the code, get your deposit bonus, get involved. The market getting more mature. We're seeing uh, Rom uh, momentarily ready to break through the $10 mark with Rory McIlroy right behind and a couple of other big names like Xander and Scotty Scheffler closing out uh, the gap there. If I, if I turn this to the top 10, the cheapest top 10 golfer that you can get right now is Victor Hovland, $6.55. Uh, his fair value right there, $6.58. So he's certainly going to be passing that shortly. Let's go further down the board and see if we can find some value, Joe. Um, 30 through 40 has a cup like Jordan Spieth, the 30th pre-ranked golfer, which is kind of crazy. He's being, he's, yeah. he's in a tier with Adam Hadman, Keith Mitchell, Andrew Putnam, right? Like what's, what's going on in this section of the board? Yeah, I think obviously Spieth probably doesn't belong in the range with these guys. The interesting one to me, and I see a lot of people are kind of hip to it as well, is um, I really kind of like Keith Mitchell. I feel like he's really sort of clicking right now. I do like this course setup for him. Um, he was close at Pebble. It felt like he was that as, as a guy who had a Justin Rose ticket and shares of Justin Rose, <laughs> um, it felt all day like he was going to be the guy to ruin it for me because he was – hitting fairways he was sticking his all of his uh, wedges very close and he couldn't buy a putt um i kind of like his upside in an event like this you mentioned the off the tee being a little bit more important keith mitchell's playing some pretty good golf right now yeah that's a good one i don't think it's much of a secret and i don't think it should be but he's he's as you mentioned play always a great driver of the ball figuring it out in the other aspects he did not make a thing still gained a stroke putting uh, in his, I guess, two measured rounds at Pebble Beach, but he did not make a thing. There's always that guy, Joe, isn't there, where when you have a guy in the lead and you're looking at the leaderboard, like it was when um, – uh, who did Siwoo track down? Hayden Buckley. And, and I was like – I had the Hayden Buckley ticket, and I was like, Siwoo is absolutely going to screw me here. Like you just yeah. know there's a guy – that guy's coming. You know there's always one that you got your eye on. That was uh, that was Mitchell. Unfortunately for me, he, he wasn't able to come through. Can I ask you about another guy who played last week real quick? Yeah. Um, he is the cheapest guy right now that I'm seeing in the top 15. Okay. Speaking of top 15, he top 15s like everything. He's done okay. it in like eight of his last 10 events, a top 15 finish, including a massive win. What are we doing with Matt Fitzpatrick? It kind of feels to me like a Xander situation. Remember when Xander, like everyone was real scared of the injury and then he came back out at the Amex and almost won the thing. Like this feels like we could get a break on him unless you've heard something different from being on the grounds that this no, may be more serious. I, I have not heard anything this week. I did see him. I saw him on the range. I did not. Uh, it looked like a normal range session. Again, I, I didn't see him like holding his neck or anything, but I also didn't read the transcript. So I don't know if he was asked about this at any point. I think in general, I'm probably more of a buyer uh, on on Matt Fitzpatrick than I am a seller, right? I'm more bullish than I am bearish. I, I I thought there was um you know and I could be reading too much into this, but there were a couple of comments that he made. I thought he was very very transparent at Pebble Beach, yes. where he said you know it, it's 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 something I'm dealing with. I'm not a hundred percent. I'm going to use this as a little bit of a warm up. And the other thing that he said was that this is something he's dealt with before. And I always as you know I don't like a chronic injury, but it is like Z remember when Xander was hurt and he freaked out. And 
and he's like, mm-hmm. I've never been hurt before, and I don't know, and I'm going to withdraw, and it's I'm scared, and blah blah blah. <laughs> it's like, okay, re- relax, you know what I mean? And 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 if you've dealt with this before, it, it makes me a little um, a little easier for me to sleep, kind of investing in you. So yeah, I'm I I think if he's healthy, great. If he's ninety percent, fine. But I, I'd be buying Fitzpatrick more than more than I'd be selling him. Good to know. Yeah. Um, let's pull that big board back up here and we'll go, we'll see if we got, we got about 13 minutes or so. Let's find some real value. So this is where the field gets really interesting, right? 50 and beyond JT Poston's played beautifully. Uh, not only recently, but at this event, he's, he's $5 a share. He's basically the most expensive. He is the most expensive golfer, at least on my board from 50 to 66. Um, Brendan Steele, we've seen ball strike it. Matthew Neesmith is here. Adam Svensson obviously was a winner in the fall. Is there anybody here that you think you'll be clicking the favorites button on and trying to make a run at? Yeah, Poston was the main one I was interested in. I think everyone's kind of hip to that as as his price is already pretty well out there. Um, and I was kind of interested in Taylor Pendrith coming off a great Sunday or Monday, yeah. I guess we could call it, at Pebble Beach, which I really love his upside. Mackenzie Hughes feels too cheap for me at 284. Um, he's volatile, horrible miscut at the Sony. But if you look before that, um, T21, T16, T23 first, you know what I mean? So this is to me is the kind of course that, um, if he gets it right, could lead you to a top 20 finish. And right now he's sitting what 284 a share, unless I need to update here. Um, so there's, there's, there's good depth at this field. Like there's a lot of good players you can see finishing inside the top 20, which if you can get somewhere like a three or $4 price point on from a market standpoint, I think makes a worthy buy. Yeah. You know, I, um, I need to, like, I did not like Taylor Pendrith last week. And I thought, I thought Pebble and I thought those courses were just a, a tough setup for him to see that he played well, even if it was with one of his best putting performances ever, five and a half strokes over, over two rounds can build confidence, especially when you go back to a place that I think is a better setup for him like this one is. So that that was pretty interesting. I'll be interested to see if he can follow up a what I thought was a result way over his head with another good one. Yep. Interesting. Um, okay. We've got we've got a guy through the $10 mark. It's uh, no surprise that it's John Rahm. So this is going to be three straight markets for John Rahm in which he is going to be in double digits. Roy McIlroy seems like he is about to join him very shortly with Scotty Scheffler and Xander Shoffley battling for that third spot. Let's just go one more click into that second page, Joe, because I know there are a contingent of people out there listening who who love to be the penny stockers, right? They love yeah. to get down in here and, and mix it up with the names that are not nearly as sexy. So I'm just going to open up kind of this entire range to you to see if there is a name or two that we can pull out to potentially find some value tonight. Absolutely. Uh, like at the very top, Hayden Buckley, he's been yeah. so solid, maybe a little bit forgetting about because of a miscut at the farmers. Um, but before that he was on such a good, a good path. Um, Kurt Kitayama was great last week for three rounds. I don't know where, where's, he, where's Brandon Wu at? Because I was super impressed with him at Pebble right here. I won't, there he is. Okay. Three dollars and thirty-three cents right now. You know, lingering like was he? Able, did he have to get in late? Was travel hectic for him mm-hmm. coming from a Monday finish? But uh, was super impressed with how he was able to sort of play on Monday in his best career finish. 
I think that young players like that, um, even on a short turn, are able to the more important thing for them is the confidence, right? Than a lack of a day of preparation. So being able to do it in a PGA tour event to that degree, I think is only going to elevate his confidence, which could lead to another good performance right on the heels. Yeah, and young guy, and remember, they, remember, it's not like they played for five days straight. There was like time off, and like, yeah, he's he's fine. The guy probably plays golf every single day. He's got nothing else to do, so no 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 worries there. Um, this market is getting pretty close to ending. We're now in you know less than ten minutes, and if you want to get involved, now's a great time. Uh, the code you're looking for is power. There's a link in the description, Joe. The next. Eight or nine minutes, it's going to feel like the way that I felt at at TBC Scottsdale today, which is like everybody flying past my head and running. Like it's just absolute madness. And I think that's what we're going to get in the final couple minutes here. I, this is going to be the biggest market frenzy of the year. It may be the biggest number in terms of users that Jock Market has ever had as more and more people are coming in every day. And nobody's, let's face it, nobody's leaving, right, once they get in. Um, so it'll be interesting. I am going in terms of strategy wise, probably going to treat this a little bit more like a major championship and the rest of these elevated events. I think I have to and be willing to splurge a little more at the top, like even Rom right at $10 per share. He's got to finish 12th or better to pay that off. But there's a good chance he wins this event. He's eight to one to win the event. And what's really his down like his Rom it going to finish worse than like 16th this week like I doubt it so there's the floor is also really high in a sense for some of these top players uh, that I think makes you more willing to reach for them at a price point that that seems very high in the IPO the one thing that we didn't talk about which is always a little scary conversation to have is the shorting market where you could uh if, if there is somebody at the top you don't like you could short them and the worse they do the better that you do and the better that they do the worse that you do i've been burned on this i will say um with very little conviction that if i was forced to short someone tonight it would probably be justin thomas now that that is always very scary for me but is there uh, a target that you'd be willing to short tonight maybe even a scarier one which is rory Ooh. That is scary. That's so scary. It's almost it's almost equally as scary as when I shorted Rom at the Farmers oh. and got a, barely got away by the skin barely of my teeth on that it, one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't I, I I mentioned it earlier in in a head to head scenario, pick one or the other. I really like Rom ahead of that, and seeing how close they are in price makes me think that. Um, it may be an opportunity to short Rory, but in this type of a field, I don't necessarily think that my strategy is going to be to short the guys at the top, but he would be the most fun one. All right, get out of here. Get out of here. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be busy. Joe is going to go and mix it up in the market with you guys. He's going to try to put his bids in and we will rendezvous with him in about six minutes or so. And we will see what portfolio he ended up getting. Uh, compared to the portfolio that you ended up getting. So I'll take you the rest of the way here. And as expected, John Rahm continues to lead this market, $10.10 per share. That is currently asking John Rahm to finish 11th or better. The 11th place payout would be $10.50. So if he if he sells 
right now for 10.10 and doesn't go up anymore and he finishes 11th, you would make 40 cents per share. That's how this works. And then obviously if he wins the golf tournament, you'd make $15 a share, 14.90 to be exact. So that's how this works. And then obviously if he finishes worse than this, if he finished 18th for $8 a share, you'd lose $2.10 per share. That's that's the math on all of this. Rory in a clear Second place position, $9.78. Rory, for as expensive as he has been, has been a winner in three straight markets, a winner in four of his last five cash markets. Scotty Scheffler has separated himself a little bit from Patrick Cantlay. So Scotty is 906. Cantlay is, oh, I'm sorry. I guess I should sort by price here. Uh, Scotty is 906. Xander is $9. They're kind of in a tier of their own. Xander is coming off a small loss at Torrey Pines. Great finish at the American Express and then the WD at the Century Tournament of Champions that kind of wiped everybody. Here's my guy, and we haven't spent much time talking about him. Colin Morikawa feels like the guy, right? If I think this is a T to green play, if I think this is a ball striking play, uh, that's exactly what he showed us at Torrey Pond. It's exactly what he showed us at the Tournament of Champions. He's been a winner in four straight, so maybe it's just – not getting the respect, not getting the love that he should be getting. But Colin Morikawa and Patrick Cantlay are both currently $8.06 per share. Uh, Finau leads the charge in the $7 range. $7.88 is coming off a T9 at the Farmers Insurance Open. That was good for a 20% ROI. This $7 range, when you start at the end of the sevens, that's basically asking these guys to finish inside the top 20. You know, there might be a couple of cents either way, but the group of Finau and Homa and Sungjae and JT, and even Tom Kim, we haven't talked much about Tom Kim, and Cam Young, You'd ask, at this price, you'd be asking them to finish 20th or better. Let me refresh the big board here. Take a second. Take a breather. We've got about four minutes or so. My clock says 8.56 p.m. Eastern time. This market going to close right around 9 p.m. Eastern time. And it's not going to close without John Rahm extending in a big way. Uh, 11 bucks a share. So we are now asking John Rahm to finish 10th or better. We're in that range right now. So – Will we get to a historic level of ROM? If we do, it's, he's going to have to get to the $12 mark. He's going to have to kind of get to $12.50. $12.66 what, is what he was at the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, Roy McElroy, $9.80. Scotty Xander, no problem. Let's go a little bit further down the board and see if we can find some value here. Uh, $5 range. A couple of guys, uh, most of these guys over their fail, fair value already. Siwoo Kim, 509. He's the 20th pre ranked golfer. A lot of buzz on JT. You can see uh, that's JT posted five dollars and one cent. His fair value was three ninety five. He's been over that for a long time. Ricky Fowler is here five dollars a share. Is Ricky back? T eleven at the Farmers, T uh, two at the Zozo. Had a couple of losses in between there, but he's starting to show the signs. Obviously, a lot of great history around Phoenix. Ricky's five bucks a share right now. Seamus Power four sixty one. Seamus Power barely turned a profit last week, but he did turn it 17%. I shouldn't say barely. I take 17% week in and week out. That is now four wins in five starts from Seamus Power with three of them being triple digit returns. So good stuff coming from the Irishman there. Uh, here's Hayden Buckley. Talked about him just a bit. $3.77 right below Joel Damon. What's Joel Damon been up to? Uh, pretty good, actually. Wow. Outside of Pebble Beach, which is his first start since the RSM Classic, he was on a run of six consecutive wins. So that six-win streak ended 
with his first start of 2023. So maybe he knocks off the rust. He had the baby in the offseason. Maybe he comes back and he starts playing well again. We're getting close to it. Uh, by my clock, it is 8.58, coming up on 8.59. And this market is going to close within a matter of moments. And now we're seeing more dollars poured into the John Rahm market, more dollars poured into the Rory McIlroy market. John Rahm is 11.20. Rory McIlroy, 10.50. Those are a clear one and a clear two. Some movement since the last time we saw it. Oh, Victor jumping up onto the board, $7.26 per share. He's the seventh pre-ranked golfer. He's the cheapest top 10 golfer you can get right now. Sung J.M. with a pre-rank of 12, more expensive. Justin Thomas with a pre-rank of 10, more expensive. So a couple of guys where the sentiment is much higher. Terrell Hatton, a very generous 11th pre-rank at $5.99. He hasn't broken through the $6 mark. Cheaper than Sahith, cheaper than Sam Burns. Sam Burns is a flavor of the week. I bet him too, guys. So hopefully we all get that kind of community win coming off the T11 at the American Express. I'm going to try to steal one more refresh. I don't know if I'm going to get it, though. We are probably seconds away from this. Closed. Thing. Ah, I knew I wasn't going to get it in there. All right, IPO is closed. Shut it down. IPO is closed. Let us know who you got in the chat. We'll let the kind of dust settle here, and we'll see what the final numbers look like. How was it, Joe? Uh, crazy. Crazy down the stretch. I lost a couple guys. I think that I may, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he comes over. I may have overpaid a little bit for one of them at the top. Um, I'll know in a couple minutes here or a couple seconds probably when it comes over into my holdings. Okay, yeah. I don't see the final numbers yet. Let me just give this a refresh and see if we're ready to rock and roll. If you haven't used the power code yet, use it. Power, link in the description. Okay, I have the final numbers, Joe. Yep. So let's go through your portfolio. You're putting your win streak on the line on with the line. who? John Rahm. There you go. 11.41. Uh, that's going to mean he's going to have to uh, He's going to have to top 10 this week. He's going to have to finish ninth or better to return that. Kind of think he's going to win. Uh, he's my one and done pick. I'm burning him now, just playing great. Uh, and I don't want to save him for the Masters and miss this one. Um, Patrick Cantlay up next, 856 per share. Um, felt like he was a little bit underlooked this week, and we'll see kind of uh you know how that pans out. Max Homa, also another guy, got him sub eight dollars at exactly 799 per share. Uh, moving down the board at 633, two players basically right there. Matt Fitzpatrick, who we spoke about, I was willing to take that chance. And Sam Burns, they essentially need the top 25 this week, either of them. Corey Connors, who I think is very, very under the radar this week, all the way down at 536 per share. And then Hayden Buckley and Mackenzie Hughes were my two sort of penny stocks in the low $3 range. Uh, so that rounds it out. Yeah, you got a couple of penny stocks, as you mentioned, but but for the most part, this is a, a top-heavy guys with win equity. Rom can't lay home if it's Patrick Burns. I think that's kind of the right way to battle in this field. And then you got kind of a couple of your favorites and some of mine too, like the Hayden Buckley, who I'm super excited about. So uh, that's that's an. Uh, we'll see. You're gonna put your winning streak on the line, but I like I like that portfolio. We got a couple other portfolios rolling in. How about this? Uh, Robbie's gone the opposite way. Says short on John Rom. Good luck with that. Uh, he did add. I'm assuming he's not shorting all of these guys. I'm assuming it's a short on Rom. He has Connors. He has Henley, Svensson, Kisner, Ryder, Wu. So this is a very different portfolio for you, Joe. It's a short on the guy at the top, and he went more middle bottom of the board compared to your 
heaviness at the top. Yeah, and also he went with an interesting strategy that I think could work in his favor where um, I think a lot of people, myself included, were kind of attacking driving distance this week. And when he took guys like Connors, Henley, Svensson, Kisner, he's going with more of of an importance on accuracy and, and solid short iron play. So we'll see kind of how that works out. Good luck, Robbie. Uh, T. Stewart went four and four strong. Cantlet, Homa, Hideki, Tom, Kim. Those are some guys who can hit the golf ball. Yeah, you're going to hold a lot of win equity there, I think, within that those four guys. I love that. All right, let me show you the final pricing here, and we'll see where we stand. Rom 1141 talked about it. No surprise. Rory 1050. No surprise. And then Scotty Xander in that next tier. So that's very, very fair at the top of the board. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Rom was able to create a little bit of separation there from Rory, but ultimately it's, you know, between 1050 and 1140, it's, it's one finishing position on the leaderboard. So it's not huge. Like you would see at some of the lower price points when they're a dollar different. Um, interesting to see Scotty sort of edge out Xander. I wasn't sure about that. And then and then Tony Finau, who yeah. we didn't mention the entire show. I think that's a little bit surprising to me yeah. that, that enough people really like Tony's chances. Uh, I don't know why I just like never really gave him a hard look this week. I don't really have an answer for it, but apparently a lot of people uh, had him on their radar. Jordan Spieth and Keegan Bradley are, are the same exact price, $5.66. That feels weird. I don't know if it's wrong. I like yeah. Keegan this week. I don't know if it's wrong, but it just feels weird. It does feel weird. <laughs> JT Post and Ricky Fowler are similar price, five hundred five and five dollars. So this is—it's just, you know, I I I love your idea of just like let's do power rank. Like the sentiment changes so quickly. It, it, it is amazing, and and this is—and we've talked about this before. This market really is put your money where your mouth is in terms of sentiment, right? Because it doesn't, you know, no ownership doesn't matter. It's just how good do you think this guy's going to be? Yes. Um, I think when looking at this, like, the, I, you know, and I'm obviously biased because they're two guys that I got, but Fitzpatrick and Burns feel too far down the list. I mean, I know Burns, they're kind of opposites, right? Burns is more volatile he wins at a higher rate um, and he has the elite upside and Fitzpatrick is just super, super consistent um, from a long-term basis. I feel like both of them are, are priced at a, you know, down in the, the low $6 range. I like both of those guys and I feel like they should have been a little bit more expensive. Hard to argue with. And it is kicking off in 12 hours. It's going to yeah. be a, it's a long day. Part. Yeah, it's it's gonna be awesome. I cannot wait for this. Um, obviously, live you know live trading. Go 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 live trade. You can get involved now. If you missed out on somebody, you can go and try to get some more shares. If you want to start shorting guys, and um, obviously keep an eye on on the weather. I thought I saw some wind potentially could be rolling in at some point, but um, should be a lot of fun, Joe. And 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 if you think this was fun, guess what. We're doing it all again in an elevated event with all the big guys at Riviera next week. Yeah, this run that we're on is going to be awesome, man. We got Riviera, then we Riviera, excuse me, then we come to Florida, um, and then we get in the Masters and we get into major season. So I think this is the time, and I think Andy made a great point that like you really start, and I think players are really focused on 
form, right? They want to be starting to peak for this major season. And I think a lot of them, when you look at the size of the purse and you look at the strength of the event, are going to start trying to peak a little bit earlier than April now. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're on an awesome stretch here of golf. The best players in the world are all in Phoenix, and you're going to be right there with them. I hope you have a great week, buddy. Thank you, brother. I'm so stoked for it. Can't wait to get out there. Joe is available on Twitter at Tour Picks. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Jock Market Power Hour for the WM Phoenix Open. Good luck.